welcome to another episode of the Little Piece of Paper podcast. It's been a minute, but Alec and I are back today with uh, the top 10 worst and best movies of t- 2017. Mm-hmm. So we have both went ahead and compiled each a list of our top 10 worst movies and top 10 best movies. Now, surprisingly enough, this is our opinion. These may not have been the best movies, but it's what we enjoyed and hated the most. So there's going to be some conflicting information. So, uh, whenever we, uh, you know, if you get butt hurt in the comments section, just, uh, you know, just remember, this is our opinion. Oh, God. <laughs> what? You good? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. So, basically, let's just kick this off with the, uh, the top ten worst. So, um, first we're going to get into the honorable mentions. Alec, I think you said you didn't have any, right? I do not. Well, my honorable mention for one of the worst movies of the year is going to be The Circle. I hated it so much. It was so boring. I, I fell asleep halfway through the movie, and I was still comprehending what was going on when I woke up. But, uh... Yeah, so my number 10, I think we both have an agreement on this one, is uh, it's going to be Despicable Me 3. It was just terrible. I mean, it, I was entertained, I was laughing through it, but it was just so bad. The joke, none of the jokes land. You know, one of the good parts of that movie was the uh, was the villain, Balthazar Brandt. I mean, he was entertaining, I enjoyed watching him on the screen, but... Overall, it was it was just a bad movie. Yeah, I don't know. It was what could have been expected with the third installment of that. Fourth, if you include the minions. Fourth, if you include the minions. Um, I really don't have many words on the movie. <laughs> There's not much to say about it. It was forgettable. Yeah, I was. That's why. That's why it's lower on my top ten worst list because I was I was entertained, but I couldn't tell you anything about the story. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what is your number ten going to be, Alec? Uh, my number ten worst was um, Baywatch. Actually, mm. it was funny, and I did laugh during all of it, but it was very much so potty humor and just kind of all around. Yeah, but I don't want to say stupid, but it was, it was kind of just moronic, if it, if at best. It was in your face comedy. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that one. So, uh, any more to say on Baywatch? Yeah, another forgettable movie. Yeah, I mean Zac Efron and The Rock were probably the better parts of that movie, just because they were. I was in, I was entertained again. That's. But yeah. My number nine is one you haven't seen, but you can take my word for it. It's going to be Daddy's Home 2. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, their chemistry in the first one worked to an extent. Okay. It was, but the second one, they were just trying too hard again. They uh, they were trying to catch lightning in a bottle, but, you know, they'd suffered heavily from sequelitis. Mm-hmm. It had jokes in there that I smiled at but nothing really that sticks out in my mind Mm. I just a lot of these movies are you know the the top from 10 to 5 most of these are just forgettable like mildly entertaining wouldn't watch again yeah but uh yeah that's uh that's my thoughts on daddy's home too yeah and then my 9 was uh 
Despicable Me 3, so I guess I can just skip to 8, huh? Yeah, my my 8 was Baywatch, too. I mean, there's not much more to say on that. Well, my 8 was Hitman's Bodyguard, which was... Which we disagree on. I thought that... I don't think that was a bad movie. I think it was just poorly scripted. The dialogue felt forced, if anything. But yeah. it was funny. Um, it was just kind of a forced movie. Yeah, Sam right. Jackson MFing his way through the whole movie was, again, entertaining, but the, the story was forgettable. Ryan Reynolds was the best part of that movie. Because, I mean, I, I saw the arc in his character, but nothing really that stood out. Mm. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that leads into my number seven. Uh, I For my number seven, I put It Comes at Night. It was just one of those, you know, summer movies that was meant to be, you know, this next thriller movie, but never really hit off on anything. It was, it, it was, was boring. It was confusing. It was confusing, yes. The story yes. was very jumpy. The, uh, you know, for only being, I think it clocked in at like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. Don't quote me on that one, but it, you know, it dragged on for being as short as it was in comparison to the rest of these movies. Yeah. It, you know, for as jumpy and confusing as the story was, it was, it was dragging on. Yeah. You know, I, I found myself looking at my watch about every 10 minutes saying, oh my God, it feels like it's been 30 minutes. How has it only been 10? Yeah. Cause just nothing happened just another very very forgettable movie of the year I think it was more of a psychological horror movie than anything which those are hard to land yeah no you you really got to hit the nail on the head and keep your audience on actually on the edge of their seat as opposed to just oh that happened <laughs> mm -hmm. that's uh that's that's nice oh, uh, but great. yeah it, it comes at night it's my number seven mm -hmm. oh gosh my number seven would be the Dark Tower, which I, I again, this is another one that I disagree on, but you yeah. know, at the same time, I can understand. Well, I liked it because um, the acting in it was great. Just the story was kind of, I want to say interesting, but it probably would have been better as the book. It's yeah. one of those movies. It's just a book is a better way to describe everything in it. Right, because I mean, you because the Dark Tower was another one of those short ones where it was like you're trying to cram a, you know, they get the seven book series into a, uh, to a an hour and a half long movie. It yeah. just it, you can't. It didn't have enough runtime to give it any justice. But uh, any more to say on the Dark uh, the Dark Tower? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was entertained. I like Idris Elba, and I like, uh, I like the kid. Yeah, you know, I foresee him being in a lot more things coming down the line but definitely other than that like it was just a forgettable entertaining movie for once i think i saw it twice in the theaters the action in it was very good though yes it was uh if you're if you're into uh gun porn i mean you're you're really gonna get a <laughs> kick out of the dark tower but uh yeah my number six though was transformers the last night i feel like it would have been higher on my list if it hadn't been action-packed, you know, mildly entertaining, but the, um, you can really, you know, in comparison to some of these other things that Anthony Hopkins is in, you can really tell when he's just phoning in his, uh, his acting. Anthony Hopkins was terrible in this movie. He was a 
weird old man with an obsession. Mark Wahlberg is trying to save that franchise, but it is past the point of no return. It was past the point of no return a while ago. <laughs> if yeah, I'm fully yeah. honest. Yeah, but um, Transformers, it's not, I wouldn't, this is one of the few that's not forgettable. I could watch it again if I'm with a group of friends who haven't seen it. Yeah. I can sit down and be entertained with it, but it's not something I'm going to go out of my way, you know, scrolling through streaming sites and just be like, oh, Transformers The Last Night. I've got two and a half hours to kill. Yeah. But. Uh, my number six spot will go to War for the Planet of the Apes. I've never really liked that movie series. In in its entirety, the first one was alright. Second one, we don't want to talk about that one. And then the third one was just sort of eh in all parts. It was very much so. It had a good story, but... Um, and the uh, the drama that was in it, the suspense that happened was nice. Uh, it kept you on the edge of your seat at certain parts, but it wasn't. It's not up there as one of the better movies of this year that I've seen. Yeah, I'm gonna bite my tongue on that one because I I, I want to get back to that later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my number five is gonna be downsizing. Downsizing is another one that I just kind of went and saw because I had the time. Mm-hmm. So and I, I you know I I generally genuinely went out of my way to go see downsizing because I wanted to see it, but just sitting through it, it was another one of those just slog fest. It's like come on, mm-hmm. move a little bit faster. It's not at all what I expected it to be. I expected it to be to be a comma or a, a comedy <laughs> comma. <laughs> hey, mixed comedy and drama, which is really what it was for about the first hour, mm-hmm. and then it just moved away from the funny that I expected it to be when watching the trailer and it just turned into a you know really slow drama of Matt Damon just going through life which I will give them props that Matt Damon finally got to play a character that he never gets to play which is the uh, you know middle of the road down in the dumps kind of guy but you know he's your blue collar in this movie but it really you know for Matt Damon it just doesn't work I, I, I know Matt Damon as, you know, Jason Bourne, and, you know, I ironically enough, which I don't think this made it on anyone's list, was Suburbicon. He was, you know, over the top. It was entertaining, but I don't see Matt Damon playing a downsizing role ever. I mean, this really, you know, no pun intended, but this is just a downsize on his acting levels. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, downsizing, forgettable. Not as advertised. Uh, we were on our five spots now. Yep. I've got uh, Transformers The Last Night in my five spot. And it was... Uh, I mean... I'm a sucker for action movies and that did have action in it. But, I mean... It just wasn't as good as it could have been on account of Transformers has kind of died here in the recent timing. So... It, it it could have been better, could have been worse. It was not. wasn't It wasn't up there on the great greatest lists. Yeah, no, I don't think. And I don't think Transformers has been on anyone's list since the first one came out in 08. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, it's been on other people's worst lists, but it's not breaking top charts for, you know, it's not winning picture of the year. No. But um, <clears throat> so you've already heard my piece on Transformers. That brings us to number four then. My number four, again, is another one that you hadn't seen. It was uh, Just Getting Started. 
you know, most of this list is just, you know, things that I just kind of decided to go see before, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to. <clears throat> and uh, my number four is going to be Just Getting Started. The, um, so the Just Getting Started was trying to get the uh, going out in style vibe with uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Robert De Niro, but it just, you know, it didn't work at all. It was a lot of, uh, it honestly, it was a lot of gross-out humor with uh, some old bags of uh, Morgan Freeman and Robert De Niro just kind of trying too hard to be, you know, sexual. And it just, you know, it didn't land for me. It honestly just made me feel uncomfortable. Because, you know, you think of Morgan Freeman, you think of smooth-talking voice, not, you know, some pimp. But it just, it, that was another one that it just didn't land. It made me feel uncomfortable, and the story was just awful. Yeah. I don't want to go into too much detail on the story, but the uh, it's just another one of those just bad movies of the year. Yeah. Uh, my number four spot, we'll have to go to It Comes at Night. I did enjoy that movie. Um, the psychological aspect of it made it very interesting. Um, it could have been a lot better with what it was, but it had a little bit more runtime and some ability to um, explain the story a little bit more. Uh, and everything that happened within moderation you can't really explain too awful much without ruining stuff but you know it, it was it's up there as one of the better worst movies I've seen you know yeah I uh, <clears throat> you know it comes at night it's kind of one of those things it's like oh you're just kind of cracking a beer with a buddy and you're like oh well this is on so may as well watch it yeah. That's just how I see how it comes at night. Yeah. That's why that was higher on my worst list, or lower on my worst list, because, I mean, I was entertained, but it mm. was just forgettable. Not something I would go out of my way to watch again. Yeah. But uh, that brings me to my number three, which is, uh, it's going to be Girls Trip. Just, you know, another one of those just kind of gross-out humor with, uh, you know, I, honestly, the, it was so forgettable and bad. I don't even remember who was in it. Cause granted, it it was a summer movie, but uh, it was just not not good. It you know they trying to go over the top, trying to you know make you wince at some some you know really poorly timed and bad jokes. It was just not entertaining at all. Mm. You know, I had people ask me to go see it, and I'm like, no, I'm good. It's uh, you know, the grapefruit technique is not something I want to see performed live action and then just going for more gross out humor yeah um yeah Girl's Trip was easily probably one of the most forgettable movies of the year now you're not gonna agree with me on this one but uh my third spot would be Thor Ragnaros Ragnarok Ra whatever <laughs> Thor Ragnarok I didn't like it it was is very it, it had a lot of childish humor which granted it was a movie for you know teenagers and younger kids but I don't know I thought it could have been much more than what it was it just was not something that I enjoyed it was very forgettable and slow and yeah, yeah I, uh, I I'm not gonna chime in on that one because I, uh, I I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok a lot but uh, you have any more to say about, you know, Mr. Mr. Hemsworth and his performance in the role? No. No? <laughs> no. All 
Alright, well, I mean, that brings us to our number two, which I believe we agree on to most extent. Mm -hmm. My number two is going to be 47 meters down. And, you know, we said this when it first came out. You know, people, you know, these, these shark movies get made all the time, but you're never going to beat the granddaddy of them all. And that would be Jaws. Yeah. That, you know, it was trying too hard. I'm, I'm going to save this until it shows up on your list. But uh, that's, uh, it was just not enjoyable. I was not worth the price of admission. Yeah. But uh, what is your number two? My number two spot was the Emoji Movie. For obvious reasons as to why that is up there as one of the worst. You know, it is just... Yeah, a, a bad concept with bad execution it is bad. Well, <laughs> on that note, though, basically we just flopped our ones and twos, so my number one is going to be the Emoji Movie. I guess we can just kill two birds with one stone here. The Emoji Movie is just a terrible concept. No, You know, y you look at a movie like Wreck-It Ralph, it was made by, you know, the people who played the old classic video games and arcade games. But the Emoji Movie was made by, you know, an older crowd. I forget exactly how old the director of the Emoji Movie was, but he was he was too old to be making a movie about, you know, millennial, you know, pop culture. It was not, it was horribly executed, didn't make any sense. The story was god-awful. Uh, hands down, in my opinion, worst movie of the year. I cannot believe I sat through the Emoji movie in 2017. Yeah. Just not not a good not a good time. <laughs> I had to if I had to say. But yeah. And then your number 1 is uh my number 1 is 47 meters down. That movie destroyed my eyes in every aspect with all of the lights flashing on the screen. There it just was not ugh. plus the people in it were classic scary movie stupid they just didn't operate well at all it was not not a good movie yeah I will I will give it to them they uh, the ending of the movie is not what I expected but again not going into spoilers they uh, they just you pretty much hit the nail on the head I just it was an eye strain the entire time. Not even just the lights, but it was just boring to look at. You know, I as much as I love a dark movie, I prefer dark being in the uh, the uh, mood aspect, not not being able to see things and then immediately being blinded by a flashlight directly to, towards the camera. And it's not subtle like other movies that have a flashlight hit the screen. It lit up the entire theater very brightly every time a flashlight was on the screen. Yeah, you, you could have sent a two-paragraph text in the time that they just had those flashlights just on the screen. Your brightness on your cell phone could have been 100%. It was terrible to look at, terrible to sit through, awful dialogue, just a bad movie overall. Mm -hmm. Well, that being said, let's, uh, let's just give a quick overview of our top ten. It's going from uh, ten to one. My number 10 was Despicable Me 3, 9, Daddy's Home 2, 8, Baywatch, 7, It Comes at Night, 
six transformers, five downsizing, four just getting started, three girls trip, two 47 meters down, and my worst movie of 2017 was the Emoji Movie with an honorable mention of The Circle. Uh, and then my overview would be number 10, Baywatch, number 9, Despicable Me 3, uh, number 8 would be The Hitman's Bodyguard, number 7 would be The Dark Tower, number 6 would be War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, number 5 would be Transformers, number 4, It Comes at Night, number 3, Thor Ragnaros, number 2, The Emoji Movie, and my worst movie of the year, 47 Meters Down, with no honorable mentions, because I don't watch a lot of movies. Except for the ones I dragged you to see. Mm. Well, that being said, let's 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 shift into the things we enjoyed instead of just ragging on all these movies. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be our top ten best movies of 2017. I'll let you kick this one off with your number ten. Uh, my number ten would be The Disaster Artist. Um, granted, I did not see The Room. But I still understood the full concept of the room from just watching the Disaster Artist, which is nice because um, it's a movie that you don't have to see to enjoy the Disaster Artist. Um, it was fun to watch. I enjoyed almost every second of it, <laughs> but um, it it certainly wasn't the best movie of the year. It certainly wasn't the worst movie of the year. So, it was it was a fun time for me, if I'm honest. Yeah, I um, Disaster Artist does show up on my list, so I'm going to save my thoughts till then. But uh, I do have one honorable mention for 2017 for the best, and I would say that one's probably going to go to Dunkirk and Alien Covenant, actually, so I've got two. Uh, just two movies that I enjoyed, but not enough where I would go out of my way to see it again. But, you know, I was entertained because I saw both of them twice in the theaters. But it, Dunkirk was very well well made. Very, it was a very good era piece. And Alien, just because I'm a sucker for the Alien movies. I, I'm one of the few who actually enjoyed watching Prometheus. I own the collector's edition on Blu-ray. And I've seen it, you know, several times over the last year when since Alien Covenant came out. But, yeah, those are going to be my two honorable mentions. But my number 10 best movie of the year is going to be Murder on the Orient Express. I had the privilege of seeing this in theaters, and it was probably one of the better experiences I've had. Murder on the Orient Express really puts you on the edge of your seat, not knowing what's going to come next. It's like playing Clue on a train. So the, they, um, they, you know, they had a star-studded cast, too. Kenneth Braun, I think it's Brano, is the uh, he directed this and he was the main character, and he just nailed it, one hundred percent. The only complaints that I would have is that it was a, probably a little bit too long. It just the they really uh, they they were trying a bit too hard when they really didn't need to with you know a star-studded cast of Daisy Ridley, William Dafoe, Kenneth Brano, and just so many other good actors and actresses that I'm surprised that it didn't land any nominations for the Oscars this year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, they just they they really nailed this one. But just a few a few minor complaints of it being a bit long, and just it 
they they were trying just a bit too hard. Yeah. Uh, my number nine spot goes to American Made. Now, that movie was good. It wasn't, you know, wasn't perfect. It could have been much better, but it was great in the fact that um, kept you entertained. It had a great story. It was based on a true story. I believe so, yes. Uh, which also, you know, it makes it nice. Um, and then, trying to think. Um, it also, I don't know, I just like Tom Cruise's acting in it. It was really good. Um, actually, every actor in that movie actually played their part pretty perfectly. So, I thought it was good. Yeah, that was one that we saw together, and it was, uh, yeah, it really, it, it kept you entertained throughout. Uh, unfortunately, the American Made didn't make it onto my list, just because there were I saw a lot more movies than you did this year, mm -hmm. and there was a, just a lot more than I thought were much better. But it just, you know, American Made was good. Tom Cruise was good, and they, they some of the visual effects were really cool with the uh, with the all all of the planes fi flying in sync. But mm -hmm. yeah, American Made was good. It's it's well deserving of a number nine spot. Yeah. But uh, my number nine is going to be Thor Ragnarok, yeah. ironically enough. But uh, I know you're not going to have any thoughts <laughs> on this, but I enjoyed it. I I like the Thor movies. Thor is probably my second favorite Avenger minus or behind Iron Man. But you know, I I enjoy the humor. I it had me it had me full blown laughing through the movie, and it just. It was one of those things where it really stuck out. Was like you know they really turned around the, from the first two Thor movies, which were just boring and just too messy of stories. The first Thor was okay. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. The second one was terrible. But the, I really think Ragnarok they nailed it this time, and they. Uh, I feel like it was very well done, and uh, it was very pleasing to look at too. But uh, yeah, that's about all I got to say about Thor Ragnarok. I enjoyed it. It's a Marvel movie. It's why it's not higher on my list. Just because, you know, the Marvel movies, you know, 8 out of 10, they always get their movies right, and they really do good with the fan service. All right. Move on to my 8th spot, which will be uh, The Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Which is also my number 8. Um, that movie... It was good. It was funny. Um, it kept on with the first one. It had um, perfect amount of plot development, great action scenes. It was just kind of enjoy enjoyable to watch all the way all the way through. It kept me entertained. The music selection was great. We still listen to Country Road almost every every day <laughs> because of it. Look, I listen to Country Road because of Alien Covenant and pretty much every day since. So, I mean... But no, The Kingsman and the Golden Circle, I mean, I I wouldn't say it's better than the first one. The first one really just holds a spot in my heart. But they really just nailed the aspect of trying to copy a spy movie, but making it funny, making it entertaining. And, you know, the action sequences throughout are just fantastically just eye-pleasing. Mm -hmm. It's... It's very entertaining to watch. I would definitely recommend if you've got the opportunity, just pick up a copy of Kingsman: The Golden Circle. It's 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 fun to watch. You know it it gets your heart racing at times. You know because the action is just intense, and then you know it really pulls on your heartstrings at the same time. Because yeah. there's a uh, there's there's a few emotional scenes in there that really uh, I think it's going to stick with the fans. Yeah. 
which we'll we'll skip on the spoilers for that. Uh, my number seven spot will be uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, that movie I enjoyed every aspect of. It's been a long time since I had seen a Spider-Man movie, and I did really enjoy um, the work that was done in that one. It uh, was very entertaining. The villain in it was perfectly done. He uh, it definitely kept uh, definitely kept Spider-Man on his fucking toes, and kept us on our toes, and it was just a fun time. Yeah, I uh, I, I think my, Michael Keaton really nailed the Vulture. He was uh, he was good throughout. He, he's he really humanizes the Marvel villains because I mean you go from aliens coming from the sky to you know your average guy coming out with a uh, the bird costume because I mean they really they going from the Vulture in the comic books to the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming they just they really translated that well to fit in the universe so it didn't look like a guy in spandex in a green suit with wings which would have made the movie very differently <laughs> yeah so they I think they nailed him but uh my number seven which I think is higher on your list than mine um, I think so my number seven is gonna be Stephen King's it I uh I I saw it three times within a week because I was I enjoyed it a lot it got better the second time but really didn't stick out the third time I saw it because the uh the it's 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 terrifying, because Pennywise is such a great villain. They really, they upgraded over the uh, as much as I hate to say, they upgraded over the uh, the Tim Curry Pennywise a lot. I I enjoyed watching all the kids. They really they nailed Watch it. it. Think about what you just said. I know, <laughs> but the the child actors in this movie are very good. They know what they're doing, but. It, <laughs> my biggest complaint, though, about that is they uh, they gave they swapped two of the characters' roles, and it just it really it irked me because it they're trying to set up for the second half of the the book because it only covers the uh, the the kids' years and not the uh, the adults. But I I'm excited to see where they. Uh, where they take it from now, but uh, that's that's gonna be my number seven. Um, my number six spot will be uh, Baby Driver, which we disagree on. But yeah, uh, yes, we do. But um, I like Baby Driver in the aspect of the music choice, and it was phenomenal. It um, had good action sequences. The story was great. Excuse me. Oh gosh. Um, the story was great. Um, the um, the plot development was great. It kept me on my seat the entire time. Um, oh gosh, I gotta think of what else I wanted to say about this. Um, uh, the car driving was fun to watch. It just kind of made me drop my jaw in amazement as to the stuff that they were doing in the movie, and it was it was just a good time all around for me. Uh, I'll have more to get back on that later on. But uh, my number six is going to be The Disaster Artist. I have seen The Room before seeing The Disaster Artist, and I tell you that it'll, it enhances the experience. Because of how bad The Room is, 
it just it make it humanizes why it was so bad but you know you pretty much pointed out everything I wanted to say about the disaster artist but I uh, I love James Franco as Tommy Wiseau I think uh, Dave Franco really nailed Greg Sestero I think they, they those two fit the role perfectly it's just it's it, it's a funny it's entertaining it's just a good movie all around I think it really got snubbed for the Oscar nominations this year but uh you know, only having one nomination for adapted screenplay, I don't feel like is enough. I feel like James Franco should be nominated for the best supporting actor, or a uh, best leading actor. My apologies, but uh, yeah, the Disaster Artist is a good time all around. It just not much more to say than that. Uh, my number five spot will be uh, Atomic Blonde, which I know we disagree on. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, I like Atomic Blonde. It was, it was a, oh gosh, I think it was probably the first actual spy movie I've ever seen, other than The Kingsman, and I enjoyed it a lot more than The Kingsman, just because it was more of a rugged esque movie, if that sounds right. I don't know if yeah. it does or not, but um, I enjoyed it because you don't see a lot of uh, female main roles in movies. Which we're seeing a lot more of now. With mm. the, you know, it's really nice how film is progressing. Because you see movies like The Red Sparrow coming out, which is basically another version of Atomic Blonde with mm -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence. But uh, I, I do think Charlize Theron really nailed the, the character. I think she did a great job. But uh, And then James McAvoy in his character was also excellent. I just wasn't as entertained as you were. That's why it didn't make it onto my top ten. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have to say for Atomic Blonde. Well, my number five spot is going to be Blade Runner 2049. <clears throat> I really enjoyed Blade Runner. The reason it is so low on my list is because it was not... It was... There was not enough plot for a three-hour movie. There was a lot of filler, a lot of establishing shots that didn't need to be in there. It was one of the most visually pleasing movies to watch, but it was just too long. Seeing Harrison Ford back in the role of Deckard was really nice to see. They really picked up, you know, for being 30 years later, they really picked up and moved very swiftly in how they, uh, they connected the two films. Yeah, Harrison Ford was, was very good in that movie. Uh, my number four spots Blade Runner and just to continue on the uh, Blade Runner arc yes I did get very confused during all of it but it was still a good movie every aspect of it was very visually pleasing and with everything that was going on there was not a lot of eye strain believe it or not but um, I did think it was a good movie just had it been not so confusing for me it would have been higher up on my list yeah, and you know, my, my biggest complaint whenever I saw they were rebooting, or not rebooting, uh, making a Blade Runner sequel was that they had gotten the guy from La La Land and Ryan Gosling to be, or I believe it was Ryan Gosling, or I'm, uh, yeah, the, the, he was my biggest complaint going into the movie because, you know, they, they got this pretty boy to play the, you know, the leading role in Blade Runner, and it just... It really stuck with me, and uh, just I didn't I didn't like the thought of 
uh, Ryan Gosling playing the main character in a Blade Runner movie because he had just done La La Land and it just it stuck with me because Blade Runner is one of those things that holds a special place in my heart because I love the original so much but it just then then I saw the film and I I ate my words Ryan Gosling was very very good in that movie yeah he he played his character well he really worked with Harrison Ford and the rest of the characters well it was very satisfying to watch the passing of the torch from you know the old generation of the Blade Runner characters to the new and Jared Leto's character I thought I was going to be annoyed by him because Jared Leto is a very heavy on method acting but at the same time I I again ate my words because Jared Leto performed very very well in it but yeah that's that's Blade Runner was a great movie and it just it really it, that's going to be the one that sticks with me for uh for the next couple of years yeah, and I'll just I can probably pick it up and watch it from just about any point in the movie and still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that that since Blade Runner was your four, that, I guess that'll bring me into my number four, which was Baby Driver. Which I I was so entertained throughout this movie. It just it really it, you look at the Fast and Furious movies and you watch these car chases and they just. It's quick cuts, jumpy action, and then you watch Baby Driver, and the you know the biggest scene that sticks out in my mind is when they whip that Subaru around, and it's one fluid shot of him drifting, turning the car around in reverse, and then whipping it back around, going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, if that were in, fat like say the Fast and Furious movies, it would be outside shot of the car, inside shot of the driver. You know, quick turn, cut, driver, halfway through the turn, cut back, cut back to the driver, and a struggling shot. And it would just, it's an eye strain to look at. But Baby Driver does it so fluidly, and it just looks great as, you know, the the car scenes are just amazingly well done. You know, as much as I hate to say it, Kevin Spacey was great in the movie. Kevin Spacey was one of my favorite actors. I love House of Cards. I you know it's it's a shame on you know how some people can be but you know it doesn't ex- being a good actor doesn't excuse what he did but nevertheless Kevin Spacey was good in this movie I expect to see the actor who played Baby in a lot more now which his name is blanking for me John Hamm was really good in the movie would have liked to see a bit more of John Berthnall but you know it is what it is you can only be in a movie so much with such a great cast and you know a really good story Hmm. but uh yeah that's uh that's gonna be my thoughts on baby driver uh my number three spots up that's gonna go to it the it movie um i did very much so enjoy every aspect of it it was absolutely horrifying for as much as a pansy you are at horror movies i can't do horror movies but that was still quite the good movie um well, because it is one of those movies where it's not a it's not a jump scare heavy movie. No, it it it's genuinely good horror elements. It is genuinely terrifying, and it is the story was good, the development was good, every aspect of that movie was just really good. I liked every bit of that movie. Um, then there was. Um, 
Oh gosh. There were sad parts in it. There was um, there was happier parts in it. Believe it or not, there was um, a lot of psychological messing with you horror moments. It was just a good movie all around. I've uh, like I said, I've already spoke my piece on it, but but uh, my number three, which I don't believe you've seen yet, is going to be Logan. I I've seen a lot of people putting Logan at their top spot of the year. I there were, there was two more movies that I enjoyed a lot more, but nevertheless, Logan is one of the best done superhero films of all time. It would not surprise me if I didn't see Logan at the top of ranking superhero movies. Because it's not just a superhero movie. It's more than that. It's The Little Piece of Paper podcast is experiencing technical difficulties. We apologize for the interruption. We'll be back to this podcast shortly. All right. Despite um, a little uh, setback that we just had. Just going to jump right back into it. Mm-hmm. Talking about my number three spot with Logan. It, uh, you know, seeing Hugh Jackman reprise his role as probably what's going to be the last time of Wolverine was very, very nice to see. But it just... I, I definitely foresee this being one of the best superhero movies to ever to ever be. But uh, yeah, Logan overall is just a great story. You can really see where they were going with trying to pass the torch and move away from the old X Men and start start to uh to usher in the new. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, my number three spot is gonna be Logan. Uh, and then we're on to my number two spot. Which will be the Justice League. Which I don't think should be on a top ten list, but again, this is our opinion. Why should that not be on a top ten list? It's not that great. It was good. It was entertaining. Yeah, I, I will thought, say that. I thought it was good. Because I don't watch a lot of superhero movies. Fair enough. You can see by the only other one I watched, or the only other two I watched on our list, that they didn't score very high. Fair point. So, I did very much so enjoy um, the Justice League movie. It was funny. It was entertaining. The action was great. Every character played their role perfectly. And also, of course, Aquaman being played by good old Khal Drogo just put a little soft spot in my heart. (laughs) Look, Jason Momoa will always go down for me as being, you know, I give props to anyone who knows what this is, but Stargate Atlantis playing Ronan Dex, he, uh, he will always go down with Ronan for me. Hey, doggy. I agree. <laughs> I agree with the fact that it was entertaining, but I don't. There were a lot more movies that I was more entertained by this year than the Justice League. But my number two is uh, something I've, I've seen very recently, and it probably helps the fact that it's so high on my list that I've seen it very recently. And my number two is going to be the Greatest Showman. You know, for being as the, you know, the large piece of shit that uh, P.T. Barnum was. Oh, God. He, uh, you know, they, Hugh Jackman really portrayed the uh, the role of P.T. Barnum well. But they, uh, the the music in, in it was great. And it was, it was such an entertaining thing to watch. And the colors and all the actors really... They, for being their own separate characters, they just meshed very well together throughout. It was, I you know, and I'm a sucker for a good musical, too. 
but I have found myself listening to the soundtrack on loop when driving from point A to point B just because, you know, the music in that movie is so good, but it just, it's so good. I would definitely recommend, if it's not sold out in your theaters, to go see The Greatest Showman whenever you get the chance because it's, it's a lot nicer to watch it with a crowd that can, you know, have the same reactions that you are to just such a great-looking you know, it's a family-oriented movie, too. So, I mean, if you've got the chance, I would definitely recommend and go go out and watch The Greatest Showman. Uh, and then we're on to our number one spot, which I know which, that we agree on. This is this is definitely a consensus pick here. Mm -hmm. which, uh, which is Star Wars The Last Jedi. You know, for as much flack as The Last Jedi got, <clears throat> you know, the 138,000 signatures on a petition to get episode 8 removed from canon I loved The Last Jedi it is by far it, on for 2017 it is hands down no questions asked my favorite movie of the year it's my second favorite Star Wars movie mm -hmm. it is yeah it's up there with my favorite Star Wars movies uh, the comedy was great the action was great the plot was great uh, everything about this movie was great there were some iconic scenes that I just cannot move past and how they did so flawlessly. And with with the uh, the tragedy that was losing Carrie Fisher at the very end of production, I mean, it it was so nice to see her character and they didn't change anything about the movie due to her passing and it was nice to see Carrie Fisher one one last time in this role of, you know, Princess Leia that everyone has known and loved for years and it was a really good send off movie for her and it just there were a, there were a bunch of scenes in there that people that they didn't agree with they hated I cannot think of a single scene that it really just irks me that it's in there I'm not a fan of the storyline that Finn and the new character Rose went on but I, I still, it does not take away from how good The Last Jedi was, in my opinion. Rose wasn't even a bad character, though. But it was very, her, her and Finn's character or character storyline was very forced. I yeah. personally believe they should have done it with Poe instead of Rose. Do you think and so? I personally, yes. Eh, that, that could be argued for a while on that one. Well, I mean, so can anything else about the movie. I mean, yeah. There's a reason that it's divided the fan base. Because it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes for uh, the uh, tomato meter. But yeah. the audience scores like a 53. Mm. I, it's it's genuinely split the fan base. Because the, you you either love it or you hate it. There is no middle ground when it comes to these Star Wars fans. Because no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Yeah. But I... Uh, I love The Last Jedi. They're, they, you know, seeing Mark Hamill once again in the role of Luke Skywalker. Which he does very well. And, you know, it's, seeing all these new characters, I can see them becoming the next generation of the Star Wars trilogies. It's yeah. just, they all mesh so well. Mm -hmm. And I, I can see... Finn, Rey, and Poe being the next Han, Luke, and Leia. Yeah. 
because they, the way their characters are written is just so well. The the only thing about the new cast is I don't see Kylo Ren being the next Darth Vader, and I don't, and I think they're doing that on purpose. But it's okay. It doesn't have to be a carbon copy of the original trilogy for it to be good. Mm-hmm. That was everyone's complaint about the Force Awakens that it was basically just a New Hope over again. Yeah. And this is, you know, Ryan Johnson. And Mark Hamill, they both said that if there's one line that describes The Last Jedi in the trailers, it was, this is not going to go the way you think. And that that's exactly what. Because if you expected one thing to happen, they were going the complete 180 opposite direction. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I like new. I like exciting. I like fresh Star Wars storylines to, to enjoy for the next couple years until episode 9 comes out. Yeah. And I'm just really excited to see what Disney does for you know, and after Rogue One, I'm really excited to see how they're going to do Solo. Mhm. But uh yeah. Just a future podcast idea. You can keep an eye out for this one if it uh, ever materializes top top 5 to 10 most anticipated movies of 2018. <laughs> yeah, we can try that. But, uh, yeah, Star Wars The Last Jedi is, hands down, my favorite movie of 2018, or 2017. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so just, uh, if you want to start the quick rundown of our top tens, we can close this thing out. All right, uh, my top tens were The Disaster Artist, American Maid, Kingsman The Golden Circle, Spider-Man Homecoming, Baby Driver, Atomic Blonde, Blade Runner, um, The It Movie, Justice League, and then far st- or best movie I've seen this year was Star Wars. Alright, that being said, my top 10 of 2017, Murder on the Orient Express, Thor Ragnarok, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, Stephen King's It, The Disaster Artist, Blade Runner 2049, Baby Driver, my top three movies of the year is going to be Logan, The Greatest Showman, and the best movie of 2017 was Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. So, uh, that that was our top ten worst and best movies of 2017. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is John. I'm Alec. And this has been the Little Piece of Paper Podcast. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>